بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم سورة التحريم تحريم حرم يحرم تحريم to make something حرام to prohibit something to make something unlawful it's a madani surah and it was revealed the beginning verses were revealed concerning a particular story a particular incident that happened in the life of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam as obvious from the name of the surah it was with respect to making something unlawful we see that in the quran allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions honey and he also mentions that honey is something that fihi shifa in it is a cure for people and of course honey is sweet and sticky and delicious who doesn't like it so the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam also liked honey a lot and we see that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam as you're familiar he had multiple wives and you could say that the wives of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam were sort of divided into two camps there was the camp of aisha radhiyallahu anha meaning she was the leader and there was the camp of zainab bint jahsh radhiyallahu anha she was the other leader and we see that there was constant competition between zainab radhiyallahu anha and aisha radhiyallahu anha both of these women they possessed great qualities and it's understandable why the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam loved them so much but of course given that they were human they did have the sense of competition between them so one day the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he was with zainab radhiyallahu anha and he had some honey and aisha radhiyallahu anha she was a little offended by that that he because he had taken longer over there and he had a good time he had had some honey So we learn in Bukhari in a hadith that Hafsa radiyallahu anha and Aisha radiyallahu anha both decided that when the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam would come to them they would ask him did you have maghafir like what's that smell right did you have maghafir or something maghafir it is said that it's the sap of a particular tree or a herb and it had a particular smell So they said that we would ask him did you have maghafir and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam when he was asked by Hafsa radhiyallahu anha and Aisha radhiyallahu anha one after the other he said no I didn't have maghafir I had honey at Zainab's so they said well it smells like maghafir now the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was very particular about his hygiene and he did not want to smell bad in in Arabic we learn that Once the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was brought some garlic some prepared food which had a lot of garlic in it and he did not have it so people asked him that is this unlawful or something and he said that no the thing is that i speak to the one that you do not speak to meaning jibril comes and visits me and i speak with him and i have to ensure that i don't smell bad So when Aisha radhiyallahu anha and Hafsa radhiyallahu anha both of them inquired did you have maghafir it smells what do you think the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam's reaction was I don't want this smell right so he said to Hafsa radhiyallahu anha that I will never have honey again I will never have it again now there's so many things to learn from this but one of the beautiful things we learn about the character of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is that how he was concerned about his wives that if his wife found something offensive even if it was just a bad smell he was ready to abandon it for the rest of his life 
even though honey has shifa in it, it's something that Allah has mentioned in the Quran, it is something that the Prophet ﷺ liked, but he was willing to leave it for the sake of who? For the sake of his wives. Now remember that he said this only to Hafsa radiallahu anha, that I will never have this again. Hafsa radiallahu anha went and told Aisha radiallahu anha, mission accomplished. Right? Which means that if ever again Zainab brings honey, the Prophet ﷺ is not going to have it. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not approve of this. And he revealed the surah. What does Allah say? He says, Ya ayyuhan nabiyyu, O Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, lima tuharrimu, why do you make unlawful? Ma that which ahallallahu, Allah has made lawful laka for you. Why are you making something that Allah has made lawful? Unlawful on yourself. Why? Why are you depriving yourself of something that Allah has allowed you to have? Now, from this we see that firstly, we are not allowed to declare something lawful or unlawful out of our own desire. Allah is the one who legislates what is lawful and what is unlawful. Even the Prophet ﷺ was not given this authority. And we see that the Prophet ﷺ did not declare honey to be unlawful over here. He just made it unlawful upon who? Upon himself. Right? But given that the Prophet ﷺ is a leader and a role model, if he would make something so beautiful and good as honey unlawful upon himself, what would the rest of the ummah do? What would the ummah do in his footsteps? They would also leave honey. And in leaving it, they would be depriving themselves of something that Allah has created, of something that Allah has made lawful. So, لِمَا تُحَرِّمُ مَا أَحَلَّ اللَّهُ لَكْ Why do you do this? Meaning you should not do this. The reason is given. تَبْتَغِي مَرْضَاتَ azwajik. You are seeking مَرْضَات Approval of azwajik of your wives. مَرْضَات مَرْضَات is from Rida. Rida to be happy. Mardat, complete approval. You are seeking the complete approval of your wives. Wallahu ghafurur rahim and Allah is most forgiving and He is most merciful. He is the one who forgives over and over again and the one who shows mercy repeatedly. What do we see here? It is as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is defending His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That if Allah has gifted you with something so beautiful, just to please others, you should not leave it. You should not deprive yourself of it. And even if leaving it will make some of your wives happy, well, that is not okay. Why should you deprive yourself for the sake of your wives? Why should you do that? Your Spouse does not like it, your wife does not like it, okay. But just to earn their approval, just to earn your wife's approval, don't deprive yourself. We learned that earlier in the Quran, in Surah Taghabun, we learned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that some of your spouses and your children can be an enemy to you. How? That they can hinder you from going forward in the way of Allah. They can become an obstacle in your journey to Allah. And we discussed that if ever 
your spouse or your child prevents you from the way of Allah, it's not that they're doing it out of hatred and spite for you. No, they're doing it out of love. And we see another form of this over here. That how out of love, because Aisha radiallahu anha, Hafsa radiallahu anha, they wanted to spend more time with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Right? And it is out of love that they did this. But from this what we learn is that just to seek your spouse's approval, don't begin to deprive yourself. Don't make your life so difficult and so hard just in order to make your spouse happy. This doesn't mean that we should not be concerned about our spouse's approval. In fact, this is something beautiful. This is what brings love within a marriage. And we see that the Prophet wasallam's way was similar. That he would try his best in order to keep his wives happy. But we see that going to such an extreme, depriving yourself of what is lawful, then this is not healthy. This is not healthy. That a person is losing themselves in order to please their spouse. We see that in love and in dislike, we are taught to adopt moderation. So even in showing love to someone, be moderate. Don't stay hungry all day long. And don't deprive yourself of good food, of warm tea. Don't deprive yourself of lawful things just to make the other person happy. Ya ayyuhan nabiyyu, lima tuharrimu ma ahallallahu lak? Tabtaghi mardata azwajik? So we see that here, we are being taught moderation in loving someone, in showing love to someone. At the same time in the Qur'an, in Surah Al-Ma'idah, ayah number 8, we are taught to adopt moderation in showing dislike to others also. وَلَا يَجْرِمَنَّكُمْ شَنَآنُ قَوْمٍ عَلَىٰ أَلَّا تَعْدِلُوا Let not the hatred of a people incite you to be unfair. No, you should be fair. So here, be fair to yourself. In loving your spouse also, be fair to yourself. Give yourself what you deserve. Allah says, قَدْ فَرَضَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ قَدْ already فَرَضَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ Allah has already ordained for you. Meaning, Allah has already given you the command, the ruling, concerning تَحِلَّةَ أَيْمَانِكُمْ تَحِلَّةَ Dissolution, أَيْمَانِكُمْ of your oaths. تَحِلَّةَ is from halal. Right? And remember that halla literally is to untie a knot. So, ayman is yameen. Yameen is an oath that a person takes. The Prophet ﷺ took an oath over here saying that he would never consume honey again. He took an oath. And in the Qur'an we have learned that if a person takes an oath, then they must remain true to it. Right? They must not break it. But if necessary, they can break it as long as they give the expiation for it. Correct? So here, it's as if the Prophet ﷺ is being told to break his oath. He took an oath that he would never take honey. Allah says, قَدْ فَرَضَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ تَحِلَّةَ أَيْمَانِكُمْ Allah has already given you the legislation concerning the dissolution of your oaths. Meaning, O Prophet ﷺ, break your oath, give the kafara, and have honey. Have honey. Don't deprive yourself. وَاللَّهُ مَوْلَاكُمْ And Allah is your protector. وَهُوَ الْعَلِيمُ الْحَكِيمُ And He is the all-knowing, the all-wise. Notice how Allah says, وَاللَّهُ مَوْلَاكُمْ Allah is your protector. 
You see these verses, what they show to us is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's protection for the Prophet You know, these kind of tricks and these kind of you know, plotting and planning, there's something common within families, right? That just to earn somebody's love, you know, in competition, we will play such tricks just to earn somebody's attention or to ensure that they don't go somewhere else, right? But we see that, you know, the scheme of Aisha radiallahu anha and Hafsa radiallahu anha, it hurt the Prophet ﷺ. It would deprive him of honey. And look at Allah's love and protection for the Prophet ﷺ, that he revealed these verses, making sure that his beloved would not be deprived of something beautiful. Did you want to say something, Sister Rabia? Like, mashallah, you said we should not make lawful to unlawful, right? Some ladies, like, you know, they are living in a mortgage house because my husband is saying this. We are memorizing Quran. We did hifs, right? But I'm living in a mortgage house because my husband is saying, why we are decorating these houses? We cannot do something which is uh, unlawful to lawful, right? And we know the hadith, if um, some things become unlawful for us, like uh, if somebody is dying, right? So somebody can eat something which is not lawful at that time. But somebody is dying, they can do it. So I was, you know, some of my friend was telling, like even the mortgage is not lawful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had not, you know, even there is no hadith about it. In such conditions, it's going to be lawful, right? The suit is going to be lawful. It's not lawful. It is unlawful, so it means it's unlawful. That whether it is in terms of food or drink or residence or whatever it may be, if Allah has declared something unlawful, we are no ones to change Allah's law. And this authority, Allah did not even give to His Messenger with respect to honey. You understand? Honey is just food. I mean, what's the big deal? It's just food. But to make lawful into unlawful is not our right. And likewise, to make something unlawful, lawful is not our right either. We are no ones to do that. We are Allah's servants. So Allah says over here, وَاللَّهُ مَوْلَاكُمْ وَهُوَ الْعَلِيمُ الْحَكِيمُ And He is the knowing and the wise. In Surah Al-Ma'idah, ayah number 89, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the ruling concerning the breaking of the oaths and the kafara that one has to give. لَا يُؤَاخِذُكُمُ اللَّهُ بِاللَّغْوِ فِي أَيْمَانِكُمْ وَلَكِنْ يُؤَاخِذُكُمْ بِمَا عَقَّدْتُمُ الْأَيْمَانِ فَكَفَّارَتُهُ إِطْعَامُ عَشَرَةِ مَسَاكِينَ That if a person is to break his oath, then he has to feed ten needy people. What kind of food? The average that a person consumes himself. And if, or either feed ten needy people or clothe them. Meaning provide them with clothing. Or, free a slave. And if a person is not able to do that, then he can fast for three days. So this is the kafara. And the Prophet ﷺ is instructed over here to break this oath and give the kafara. Now, this incident, it shows to us the proof of the Prophet ﷺ's humanity also. That he was a human being. Right? He was a human being. He wanted the approval. He wanted to keep his wives happy. And he didn't know that this was a scheme. Right? This was something that Aisha and Hafsa radiallahu anhuma, they both came up with. They didn't smell that substance on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa They smelled honey. Right? But the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he didn't understand. So it shows that the Prophet ﷺ was a human being. Then we see, وَإِذْ أَسَرَّ النَّبِيُّ And when the Prophet 
sallallahu alayhi wasallam confided meaning he shared a secret he shared a secret ila ba'di azwajihi to some of his wives and this is referring to what he told hafsa radiyallahu anha that he would never have honey again now if he was telling hafsa radiyallahu anha about something what did that mean that hafsa radiyallahu anha should have kept that secret to herself right But what happened? She was friends with Aisha radiallahu anha. Even though there was a competition between her and Aisha radiallahu anha. What happened? إِلَىٰ بَعْضِ أَزْوَاجِهِ حَدِيثًا فَلَمَّا نَبَّأَتْ بِهِ Then when she informed of it, meaning when she informed Aisha radiallahu anha about it, mission accomplished. He's never going to have honey again. What happened? وَأَظْهَرَهُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ And Allah made it manifest on him. Meaning Allah informed the Prophet ﷺ of what happened over here. The Prophet ﷺ, what did he do? Did he confront his wife openly? I know what you were doing. This was a trick and this was a scheme and you played with me and you know you wanted me to stay away from Zainab. Did he confront her? No. عَرَّفَ بَعْضَهُ He made known some of it, وَأَعْرَضَ عَمْ بَعْضِ And he turned away from some of it. Meaning, he did not talk about the entire thing. He just mentioned a little bit of it to let her know that he knew what had happened. And this is something so beautiful. Because oftentimes, when we find out that somebody who's close to us, whether they are a friend or they're a spouse, or a sibling, whoever they may be, they have done something that we disapprove of. When we find out that they've done something that we disapprove of, we want to confront them. And when we confront them, and speak about the whole thing, then what happens? The other person becomes defensive. And then we get more agitated. They get angry. We get more angry. And that turns into an argument, which turns into a fight, and it leads to, bad feelings, and it leads to many problems. So sometimes it is enough to just let the other person know in a subtle manner that you know what's going on so that they can do their islah, so that they can correct themselves. This is the best way of doing islah. Islah is not done by humiliating the other person. You don't correct people by humiliating and embarrassing them. by publicizing their faults or by exposing their faults. This is not the way of islah. فَلَمَّا نَبَّأَهَا بِهِ Then when he informed her of it, when the Prophet ﷺ let her know that he knew what was going on, قَالَتْ She was surprised and she said, مَنْ أَنبَأَكَ هَذَا Who told you about this? Where did you find out? قَالَ He said, نَبَّأَنِي He has informed me. Who has informed me? Al-Alimul Khabir. The knowing, the aware. Allah is the one who has informed me. Now, this teaches us another important lesson. That if the husband shares a secret with his wife, what is her responsibility? And vice versa also. What is the duty of the spouse to keep that secret? And not let others know. You know, if someone is looking at you, right? They're talking to you and they look around to ensure that nobody else is watching or nobody else is listening. It's clear that they're sharing something confidential with you. If they're whispering to you, that means that they're sharing something confidential with you. 
If they made sure that the door is closed, that means they're sharing something confidential with you. And if they trusted you with their secret, what does it mean? We must maintain that trust. We must fulfill it. And violating it, contradicting it, this is injustice. Now we see over here that again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala defends His Messenger. In tatuba ilallah. In if tatuba, both of you repent. Both of you, this is referring to Hafsa and Aisha radiallahu anha. That if both of you repent ilallah to Allah, repent from what? From cooperating with each other against the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam, in hurting him. If you repent to Allah, then that is best. Because فَقَدْ صَغَتْ قُلُوبُكُمَا Because already, certainly, your hearts have صَغَتْ صَغَتْ from the root letter صَاد غَيْن وَاو صَغُ صَغَ is to incline. صَغَ is to incline or to lean towards something. So فَقَدْ صَغَتْ قُلُوبُكُمَا Meaning your hearts have already inclined towards repentance. You're already feeling bad about what you did. And look at how, again, there is encouragement for reform over here. When we find out that somebody has done something wrong, we make sure that they feel horrible and guilty and we keep reminding them over and over and over again. But look at this gentle way. If you repent, well that is best because aren't you already inclined to repentance? You already feel bad, don't you? Right? I mean, this is something very normal. As soon as you realize that you've made a mistake, you feel a sense of remorse. So here, فَقَدْ صَغَتْ قُلُوبُكُمَا Another interpretation of the word saga over here is that it has deviated. Meaning you certainly made a mistake. This was wrong. You made a mistake when you cooperated against the Prophet ﷺ. وَإِن تَظَاهَرَ عَلَيْهِ and then a warning is given that if you cooperate with each other against him, against the Messenger ﷺ, meaning if you do this again, then remember that فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ مَوْلَاهُ Then indeed Allah, He is His protector. Allah will protect him. Just as Allah protected His Messenger now, He will protect him again. وَجِبْرِيلُ And also Jibril is His protector. وَالصَّالِحُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And the righteous of the believers. Meaning the righteous believers will also defend the Prophet ﷺ. So what are you going to do? وَالْمَلَائِكَةُ And the angels also. بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ After that, ظَهِيد They are his assistants. ظَهِيد is one who assists. So the angels will also assist him. Now in this verse, the wives of the Prophet ﷺ are addressed. And they're encouraged to repent. If you think about it, there was no lying, right? They didn't utter any lies over here. There was no major sin over here, isn't it? However, playing such a trick on anybody, this is something that does not befit someone who's got good character. And especially against the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And which resulted in him intending to deprive himself of honey forever, this is not fair. So we see that the wives of the Prophet ﷺ are encouraged to repent over here. And how often is it that we also make similar kind of mistakes, that we hurt other people's feelings through similar trickery and, and deceit? 
So it is necessary that we also repent. If it was not okay for the wives of the Prophet ﷺ to do this, would it be okay for us? Would it be okay for us? No, it wouldn't. And then we see that again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is defending His Messenger, making it very clear that if you repeat this ever again, Allah will protect His Messenger. His angels will protect the Messenger ﷺ. And the righteous believers will also protect Him. And this shows that it is a part of Iman. It is a part of our faith to want to protect and defend the Prophet ﷺ. This is a part of the perfection of our Iman. As the Prophet ﷺ said that, لَا يُؤْمِنُ أَحَدُكُمْ حَتَّى أَكُونَ أَحَبَّ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ وَلَدِهِ وَوَالِدِهِ وَالنَّاسِ أَجْمَعِينَ None of you can truly believe until I am more beloved to him than who? Than his child and his parent and all of mankind. And part of loving the Prophet ﷺ is also defending him. Because when you love someone, you want to protect them from any kind of harm. Asa Rabbuhu. Then the wives of the Prophet ﷺ are warned over here. That Asa Rabbuhu, perhaps his Lord, in Talaqakun, if he, meaning the Messenger ﷺ, were to divorce you. Meaning if you continue in this manner, then you are going to ruin your marriage yourself. And the Messenger could divorce you. And if he were to divorce you, then you know what? Your Lord, he can, and Yubadilahu, his Lord can replace Yubadila from Badal, to replace Yubadilahu Azwajan. He can bring him, he can give him other wives. He can replace you with other wives. Khayram min kunna. And those wives would be better than you. Now this is something so, you know, frightening to know that you are replaceable. Right? To know that if you don't do your job well enough, then you are replaceable. So here a warning is given that Allah can replace you with better wives for the Messenger ﷺ. And they would be better than you. How would they be better? What qualities would they possess? What are the qualities of a good woman? Muslimatin. Submissive women. Those who are Muslim and Islam is to submit, meaning those who surrender to Allah. Mu'minatin. Believing women. Qanitatin. Devoutly obedient women. Ta'ibatin. Repentant women, meaning those women who repent frequently. Abidatin, worshipping women. Sa'ihatin. Sa'ihat, plural of sa'iha. And remember this has two meanings. One is one who fasts, and the other is one who travels. So some have said that sa'ihat, yes it refers to the women who fast, but also those who travel as in those who have immigrated in the way of Allah. Sayyibatin. And they could be sayyibatin, previously married, plural of the word sayyibah. Sayyibah is from the word thawb, sawawba, and thawb is used for clothing. Basically it is to, to turn back to original state. Right? And sayyibah refers to a woman who was previously married. So she was initially single, she got married, then either she became a widow or she got divorced, and now she's back to being single. This is where thayyibah is. Abakara. Abakara is the plural of the word bikr. And who is bikr? One who is a virgin, meaning she's never been married. Meaning, this doesn't matter. They could be thayyibat or abakar. So over here, 
the wives of the Prophet ﷺ, they are warned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can replace you with other women who would possess these noble qualities. And here we see the qualities of a good woman. And every one of us should analyze ourselves in the light of these qualities. What's the first quality? Muslimat. Those who are Muslim. Then, mu'minat. Islam, fully surrendering to Allah. That whatever Allah commands, whatever He likes, whatever He approves of, that becomes our concern also. That becomes our way also. Mu'minat, faithful, with iman inside. Not just outward action, but with sincere faith. And qanitat, devoutly obedient. Remember, qunut is to be consistently obedient. Not that a person is very obedient and righteous one day, and then completely different for the rest of the week. No, qanitat, consistently, devoutly, humbly obedient. Ta'ibat, repentant. And this is so beautiful because we're always going to make mistakes. So a good woman is the one who repents frequently to her Lord. Abidat, worshipping women. Sa'ihat, those who fast frequently also. Which month is beginning? The month of Muharram. And this month is the beginning of the new year. Right? And in this month also, Fasting is recommended on certain days. So, sa'ihat, thayyibat wa abkara. If you think about it, we generally judge a woman by what? By her marital status. Right? If she's married, okay, yeah, good. If she's single, still not married, what's wrong with her? Or if she is divorced, well, what's wrong with her again? We don't look at the rest of the qualities. We don't look at her Islam, we don't look at her Iman, we don't look at her Ibadah, we don't look at her Qunut, we don't look at her humility. We judge a woman by what? By her marital status. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions these two things right at the end. That it doesn't matter whether she's a virgin or she's previously married. No, that doesn't matter. What matters is these qualities.